0: All right. So we're joined here today by two of my favorite reoccurring guests. We got Andy Bellavia and Kat Penno. So you two, you've been on before. Why don't you go around quickly and talk about who you are and what you do. Start ladies first.
1: Thanks, Dave. And hello, Andrew. Oh, Andy, a bit formal there. So I am an an audiologist and I'm the founder of Hearing Collective. Um, My ultimate goal with Hearing Collective is to provide accessible digital solutions and resources to uh, the general public and I suppose the greater good overall. Um, I have a strong passion for proactive hearing healthcare and um, a really big interest in hearing technology overall so hearables, headphones, straight through to hearing aids, implantable devices Um, and I'm sure there's more to come in the future so that's me in a very quick nutshell.
2: Uh, and, uh, as Dave said, I'm Andy Bellavia, um, uh, director of market development for Knowles. We make the tiny microphones and speakers that go into mobile phones, hearing aids, hearable devices, music, earphones, and the like. And I'm responsible for all the in inner business, which is not a regulated hearing aid. So hearables are my ball games or music, earphones and musician IEMs, but not hearing aids. But I'm also a hearing aid user for a couple of years. And I've always been interested in the music space, the audio space, and more recently the hearable and voice space. So for me, everything converges together, uh, both professionally and personally. Pleasure to be on again, Dave. Thanks.
0: Yeah, no problem. And uh, that's that's great. Um, it's it's awesome to have you two here. You know, as I was saying before we even started recording, um, you know, the purpose for today's conversation is going to be just just kind of a, a high-level overview of of all this movement that's been taking place. Um, you know, where we sit, the three of us sort of, uh, you know, in some way or shape tied to the hearing health space and the hearable space, the voice space, you know, all these different areas. Um, what What's great is that we've formed, you know, I think a, a great relationship between the three of us and So I'm viewing this as being a reoccurring kind of conversation that we'll have on the podcast is, you know, every few months we'll get together and rather than talk about one particular topic, we'll talk through just sort of like what's going on because there is a lot going on. There's a lot of movement that's happening and we're going to get into that today. Um, But to kick things off, uh, we did want to go through. You know, we haven't really had an episode where we've kind of tackled um, a lot of the different hearable options that are out there that exist in the market today. Um, What we wanted to do is rather than go into, you know, really detailed product specs or anything like that, we wanted to just highlight some different products and talk through things about those products. Um, that we find to be interesting, um, maybe forward-thinking, progressive in terms of how it's expanding people's perception of this type of product offering. Um, even in the few years that um, I think we've all been kind of tracking this space, it's it's dramatic how uh, how how much change has happened um, in terms of not only the product's hardware, but but what these products can do and, and what they can lead into. So that's going to be the gist of today's conversation. I'll kick things off, Kat, with you. Um, why don't you speak to uh, any number of hearables that have been on your mind lately? I know you've had a chance to try a lot of these out. Um, if you could just maybe go through uh, a handful or a few and just speak to some different things and allow for us to just kind of like segue into a broader conversation from there.
1: John, sure, no problems at all. Um, gosh, there's just there's so much. I'm just going to rattle a few off, and then I'll talk about some that I've really had uh, interesting and great experiences with. So, um, the Neurophones, uh, the Audera headphones, even headphones. New Hiera, their IQ Buds Max, um, which is their latest model. B Hears AirPods, uh, the AirPod Pros, and um, Jabra Elite 85Ts. Um, I, I know there are both earphones on the market. I haven't been able to get my hands on those. I, I don't know if they're just sort of product in America. You guys might be able to tell us a bit more about that. But we know they're working in this, this space. Um, obviously, they have headphones, but I'm not aware of any of their products augmenting hearing. Um, so you can correct me if I'm wrong there. I guess for me, um, the biggest thing when it comes to hearables, I view it as, um, first of all, how am I going to feel using this product? That's one and that's something I think about when I talk about uh, hearing technology to my clients. Are they going to have a good user experience? So that's a really forethought um, for me because if you have a good user experience, you're more likely to return to the product and use it again and again. And second of all, being a healthcare professional, I like to know that it's in some way going to highlight uh, how this may help with your hearing or protect it or augment it to improve your quality of life and and your listening ability um, out and about in, say, noisy situations like a cat or watching TV in an open plane living area at home. For me, I've had great experiences with the Audera and the Even headphones. Um, I'm a big fan of over-the-ear when it comes to certain activities. Um, And just to preface... Uh, I suppose what I'm going to say further is that I view hearing technology in this space as um, almost everybody will have more than one hearing product with them at the end of the day. So you, when we're doing, uh, say, our shows like we are now, I my preference is to use over-the-ear headphones with active noise cancellations to block out any external noises. Um, when I've gone for walks, I've used the AirPod pros and then you hear IQ buds. So my point is that we'll all have a whole bunch to, of hearing technology to choose from as the audio, uh, space and arena gets a larger and larger. So I digress. Audio headphones, even headphones get my ticker for approvals for different reasons. The new hear IQ buds were excellent and I had a fantastic experience with the AirPod pros. Um, and those two styles are more in the ear um, and I use them for different cases. For example, working out and going for walks, I prefer that style of headphone as well. So again, different reasons why I like them and it's 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 endless, but big ticks for me with all those products is situational use, when and where do I want to use them and why? The fact that they all have some form of ability to screen your hearing and then to log that and then look back over that over time. Um, I mean, pros and cons to each of those brands as well. Um, the Evens, I found the bass excellent. They're, they're pushing more into the music market um, and that's a lot of their marketing and, and their selling point. And I think that they do an excellent job of reimagining how you have a hearing test experience. I like the idea that they use bits of songs. Can you hear this part of a song and that part of a song? And I think that's just a lot more fun than doing a standard um, Tone audiogram or even a warble tone audiogram, so that's that's definitely a highlight. Or dear, I found their user experience really smooth. I've sort of followed them from the beginning, being an Australian gal, and they're an Australian company, and I think they've just their experience with their app has gotten better and better every time. And uh, similar with New Hearer, um, their user experience with the app has gotten better every time. Their hearing screening is very accurate to a clinical. Um, air conduction tests, so I'm a big fan of that one. And the AirPod Pro is just, I suppose it's just something so smooth with the way Apple operates um, and they, they really understand uh, their target market and their user the user experience from beginning to unpacking their products to using them and recharging them. I just, I think I've had a really great time uh, with the AirPod Pro's recently. Um, I know, and we'll probably touch on this a little bit more Pros and cons. The airport pros probably a bit more at the basic end or the entry level in of the hearable experience, in my opinion. And then we would work up through to uh, the better brands that are working quite nicely um, to the the hearing loss ex- and improving that experience to the the customer. So it's a bit of a full on intro. <laughs> Andy, Dave, mm-hmm. any any thoughts on the things I've just rattled off?
2: It's interesting because uh, you highlight a lot of different products, and each one takes a little bit of a different approach. I think you can break it up into two different experiences. There are some who are trying to augment your music listening experience and personalizing your hearing there, and there are others who are then trying to give you improved ambient hearing experience. That is, you know, kind of the, you know, the over-the-counter hearing aid type of experience, and you know, a couple who are approaching both. But with different people coming at it from different directions, building up an awareness of hearing health, you know, for one use case or another. I mean, there are very few devices actually that cover all the ground. I mean, I would say even, even my hearing aids, uh, the, the Bluetooth streaming is fantastic. For example, they are bar none the best for video meetings like this one because I'm getting f- fully audiological corrected uh, you know playback into my ears so nothing is more understandable than these but the music listening experience isn't the best if i take a uh if i take one of the headphones you named you know the corrected music listening experience is fantastic but you know they don't use their microphones and i can't go to a restaurant and throw them into restaurant mode you know so there are some doing one or the other even new heroes is correcting your, ambient listening experience but not correcting the music experience so a lot of different converging on the hearing application from a lot of different directions Uh, as you say uh, cat very application and use case specific at this moment Uh, but i love the overall direction that there's a lot of awareness at consumer level being built for customized hearing and hearing assistance in difficult situations which can only be to the good in the long term
0: yeah i think uh, i really like these points that you guys are making and cat thanks for a good overview of um you know a lot of the of, of a lot of these i think really reputable companies that are um have either been in this space for a while like in new hera or are just sort of emerging in this space and you know i think what's so interesting is when you have this um when you have these different uh, approaches you know like people uh, coming into this space and 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 having totally new ideas about how we've maybe done things that have historically been kind of mundane like uh, the hearing test is a really good example you know um, another company would be like a sonic cloud where they have a a really really you know fun experience it's um, a creative app kind of thing and then you have uh you know what new hera you know their their test is is great um and it's done with um you know the nal lab in, in australia too so like you said it's it's very high quality um and then you have uh you know the even headphones and they have like they're actually playing snippets of music and you know it, it from a from an audiologist perspective from a professional's perspective sure it might not be a gold star standard but what excites me about this whole space isn't necessarily that, you know, every single person is getting, um, you know, this optimal experience. It's that people are getting something. It's that people are like, they're finally being introduced into this space through a variety of these different companies. And so whether it's hearing health or um, some of these different applications that I think these uh, devices are conducive to um, what's exciting is that we're seeing uh, sort of this, I think, this is the hearing aid hearables convergence in a way where you, you take a lot of the things that make a consumer uh, a consumer electronics product appealing, whether it be the price point, it be the form factor, um, it be the way that the music sounds, um, and, and you start to apply you know, some of these different more medically focused applications on top of there. And and I think in the consumer's eye, it's, um, it's the perceptions different. It's not like you led with that, right? Like they're not buying these products, because they want to take a hearing test. And they want these, um, you know, that they, they want to have this, like, really great sounding uh, experience with their music, or they want to have um, the ambient sound in their life be augmented in a way that's you know, relative to their, their hearing loss, um, you know, some people might be buying them for those reasons, but a lot of people um, are, I think, being introduced to these types of features and, and being made aware that this exists. And, you know, the biggest of them all, I think, is AirPods Pro. Um, we'll, you know, we can talk about why AirPods Pro are far from perfect, you know, from a, an audiological standpoint. You know like a hearing correction standpoint but i'm not sure if that's really even the point i mean if you think about the millions of people that own that type of product um, that are suddenly you know they're being introduced not only to active noise canceling maybe for the first time or um, the transparency mode which you can layer on you know you can turn on some of these different settings um, so that you have you know like this hearing correction element layered on top of it that might be pretty mind-blowing for somebody that had never considered hearing aids before that has kind of now suddenly become a potential candidate for something like that down the line. So I think we can't discredit this uh, this whole you know aspect of introducing a whole lot more people to the benefits of this, even if those aren't optimal benefits. I think giving them um, sort of a an appetizer, if you will, to the entree um, will make them uh, I think more inclined, you know, to potentially pursue, uh, you know, a, a more sophisticated device down the line. And hopefully, um, I think this is where the opportunity really comes from uh, with the professionals is is being that, you know, start to finish liaison between these different devices and recognizing that when you're seeing somebody for the first time, they they're probably, unless they have a loss that warrants it, they're probably not a hearing aid candidate, but maybe over time they will be. But I think more importantly, you can establish that relationship and you can sort of, you can guide them through their options more or less.
1: Yeah, really excellent points um, from both you guys. And two things I really want to highlight with Dave there that I 100% agree with. I think what I get really excited about with the hearable market that these consumer electronic brands are are coming into the hearing healthcare space at uh, one aspect, like Andy said, and perhaps with a different focus for music and listening experiences. But they're really elevating the user experience when it comes to hearing health and and putting it, uh, I'd like to think, at the forefront of people's minds in a sense that, oh, yeah, okay, this has confirmed I've got a hearing loss. Maybe A, I'll do something about it, or B, I won't, but at least it's sort of come to the the forefront of their eyes to see some sort of result uh, via an app in front of them. Doesn't mean they're going to do anything about it, which leads me to my second point. Whilst I was listening to you talk, then Dave, I think um, I'm very I'm an optimist, so I really hope that there is some sort of uh, opportunity here for hearing healthcare professionals to capitalize upon and leverage the hearables that are coming into this space, so that that we still retain uh, that professional service standard where people do look to us as the experts so that you say as you said, we could guide them to improve their quality of life. Um, I've been trying to reimagine how we can deliver hearing healthcare services for many years now. And I still think about it often and iterations of my site have changed all the, over time because I think um as I get feedback from people straight away. It's great to hear what's working, or what isn't working. Um, and, and that's the whole point of Hearing Collective is it's not just, this is it, this is it. Over, it, it changes over time. And that's um, what I love
0: about you too, is that, um, you know, we have your perspective here on the podcast of somebody that, you really are, uh, I think, like a poster child of pushing the boundaries on this concept of it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all solution. It's not just about hearing aids. Hearing mm. aids are just one tool. So I think it's fascinating. I just want to reiterate that to the audience here is that um, I think that's what makes your perspective, uh, on top of being a really intelligent person, it is awesome to hear about somebody that is pushing the limits on this whole idea and you've been doing it for, I think like three or four years. So to hear your thoughts about this is really, I think, valuable for me and I I hope for the audience as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, it's tricky market as you guys know, because, uh, we we do I do want to use hearing aids as as a medical grade device and an option for our, our clients or consumers at the end of the day, um, but what what is the bigger picture here with hearing technology and and how can we deliver something that's very holistic to our clients and um, I'm hoping that uh, the hearables and and this sort of oh, entry level is not the right word but a starting point to some people's hearing and hearing healthcare journey is is perhaps a hearables. And then they might realise that they might need to progress to something else at the end of the day. I mean, Andy, perhaps you can talk to, I suppose, your experience using both hearing aids and hearables. And um, I think you went straight from hearing aids, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, to, to then trying hearables. And then I think you are probably what I imagine is I've got all this hearing technology and this is how I'll use them
2: yeah it's uh it's interesting having taken it almost backwards i mean i i did have the original new hearers before i had the hearing aids um but ultimately you know the hearables good good hearables for hearing enhancement came along right about the time i had gone past their ability to work for me and so really i jumped into hearing aids first Uh, but i think that experience kind of helps color my own thinking about it. And that is that the attitude you're taking cat is exactly the one that'll succeed in the future, because if you look at what's happening in hearable space right now, uh, correction and enhancement of mild to moderate hearing loss is going to become a feature. Okay. It's going to be a feature in anything you buy from Bose. It's going to be a feature in anything Mm -hmm. you buy from Jabra. It's going to be a feature in anything you buy from Apple. And so nobody is going to go into an audiologist seeking care for mild hearing loss, per se, okay? And I'll go a step further to say ultimately there's a tsunami coming in hearing care, and that is what happens when five or ten years from now a consumer hearable device has a processor ten times as powerful and delivering 18 hours of battery life, okay? Now, even audiological grade hearing correction is divorced from the specific hardware, right? Today, the only way I can get audiological grade correction in a small, comfortable device that'll go 18 hours on a single charge is using a hearing aid with a dedicated processor designed for that experience. When consumer programmable DSPs get to that level of power and battery life, now all of a sudden audiological correction is a software feature it's still one that's going to need fda approval in the us and the other authorities you know so it'll be a combination of this uh this hearing correction uh, algorithm and this hardware gets you know regulatory approval but different hardware people can form partnerships with you know audiological software people and load it into their device you're not gonna need necessarily a dedicated, customized piece of hardware to make it work, okay? Now, the, the if, if it actually comes that way, the present uh, hearing health uh, provider, to, you know, the hearing aid companies, they've got a leg up on, you know, on hearing correction software capability because they've been doing the best grade software with, you know, 32 channels of adjustment and compression and all the other things that they do. Uh, so the game is still there. It's not, it's the hardware part that changes. The other part that doesn't change is the need for an audiologist, okay? Because even 10 years from now, if I can get a consumer product that'll run Audio, audiological grade software for what will probably be truly severe hearing loss. And for me, another 10 years from now, I still need professional assistance to make that work in the best possible way. We're still going to have a conversation about situations in which I have difficulty. I'm still going to get real error measurements and all that. Right. So the audiologist is in a good place, but the audiologist becomes a person whose expertise is valuable, not as a hardware salesperson, but as an expertise at all levels of hearing loss and you know, hearing loss that manifests itself in different situations. So I think uh, you know, the direction that CAT is taking is exactly the right one considering where this is moving off the shelf for mild to moderate, and eventually more of a subscription model, audiological algorithm you know, provision for a more severe hearing loss.
1: Oh, so well said, Andy, and definitely agree with um all your points you said there. And yeah, like so. I suppose the the next question from here is, hardware aside, where do we pivot to or shift from if if we have a model that relies a lot or majority of of our revenue in in the hardware side or in the, the product? Um, I suppose. That's where the software comes in, and the diversification of models.
0: Well, I think uh, you know, I think we all agree that that's probably inevitable. That you know, there's going to be a reckoning, more or less, with uh, the revenue model of the of the provider. Um, you know, at least in terms of their hearing aid sales. Um, just as Andy laid out, it's it's just hard to imagine um, the price points. Uh, Remaining, you know, kind of like in perpetuity that they're going to be where they are now. I think that there are just so many different external factors um, working in tandem that are going to uh, exert downward pressure on the prices, and and therefore it's going to exert pressure on the margins. Um, but, but I think that there are. I actually think it's it's in it's a blessing in disguise because I think what it's going to do is it's going to really reemphasize where the real value lies which is the expertise and Kat, you've actually had some fascinating thoughts about this before on coaching right it's like um this idea of a parallel between being a coach and I can't get that idea out of my head to be quite honest because I think it's brilliant and I think that you know again it all comes back in my mind to this idea where it's going to be about establishing relationships so I think it's the there's a lot of opportunity in terms of creating a big net to capture those potential relationships and establishing those relationships and then I think let like to Andy's point, um, a lot of these products uh, they're gonna just keep getting better and better at serving, that like, like the mild end of the spectrum, it's just going to kind of like gradually move more and more toward the middle in terms of what the device itself through the algorithms and stuff like that, um, are going to be able to calibrate themselves. Um, I mean, again, it goes off of what we've been talking about with like, Nuhera IQ buds, um, you, uh, providers should be well aware of how this device works in terms of the unboxing process. Um, you know, when you go in there and you, uh, you basically are just self-fitting yourself. Um, I think that there's the writings on the wall that a lot of these devices are going to be able to do a portion of what providers do today. But the fact remains that if you're using a device like that, you have a loss. And to think that something as complicated as a hearing loss can just be um, like dealt with on your own, I, I think is there's a, also a sense of naivety there because I don't think that's really realistic, especially as it gradually progresses and it gets worse. So you're going to have, uh, while you'll have a, I think a cr- increasing amount of people that are kind of like do it yourself on the more mild to moderate end, what you're also creating is a larger funnel of people that ultimately are going to lead into, I want an expert, right? Like, uh, I want somebody that's, going <sighs> I'm not to sure. The, I'm not sure. You're not sure.
1: No, I mean, this is this is that second point I made earlier. I'm so hopeful that that's the, where the funnel is going to go if that was built in as a, a prompt or something like that in the app. Oh, by the way, you've fallen into the moderate severe category, perhaps consider seeing a specialist. Otherwise, I, I just don't think um, that sense of nativity is certainly certainly there and at any age and even those clients who come into the clinic. And, oh, no, I definitely don't have a hearing loss. My wife mumbles or vice versa. Um, I just think it, it's their perception of, of the value that they place on hearing and hearing loss. Um, so I, like, I, I totally envision what you're saying, Dave. That's exactly how I envision it as well. Like let's have this funnel effect from hearables. But there's no real prompt at the end of these apps to say, by the way, consider seeing hearing healthcare professional. I'm, I'm not sure. Um what how it's structured in the USA but that's a very brand like audera and well, audera definitely have been doing this they position themselves where they sell their hearing product through um clinics and i just saw on linkedin the other day that um dr james fielding who's seo he's got a new partnership and the and the audio team have a new partnership with amplifon and so they sell their product directly through um Audiologists and, and um, hearing healthcare clinics, which I think is really smart, because um, if you were going to place a product like that on a shelf at um, a big consumer electronics store, you, you may get lost amongst the other brand, bigger brands out there, um, like the Samsungs and the Bose of the of, of the of the headphone world. Great point. But um, I think uh, the other thing I wanted to say, listening to you speak there, is that. Um, Uh, how how do we create these applications with these products to prompt that behaviour change where people can come into play? And um, we were all sort of tiptoeing around it or or perhaps going to discuss it, but um, these other external brands coming in and reimagining how they can solve the problem of hearing loss or people managing their hearing loss sooner. Um, So I guess I wanted to bring up whisper coming into our space that's been pretty big news uh this week in 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 our opinions in the hearing healthcare world they're they're an interesting company uh and as you highlighted in your tweets dave um some pretty big hitters who've um co-founded that brand and, and looking to solve the problem in this space and um i really like that i really like that they've come in with a fresh new uh oh It's not even really a fresh new idea because I've spoken about the SAS model in our space before, and that's where I think of me being, say, a health coach, a hearing health coach is some sort of app there where I can look at people's data and stats and then tap into their hearing product and say, hey, Dave, hey, Andy, today I noticed you're wearing your hearing aid for four hours. Great job. These are other ways you can improve it. So I guess that's uh, me as a hearing healthcare professional, how do I see myself in the long term? yeah, some sort of involvement with the the machine learning, the data that I'll be getting, and then being able to output uh, the the coaching or the counseling that is needed for the end user to have a really good experience
2: with with the product. Yeah, you you said a lot there. And, And my opening thought as you were speaking was today you have, for example, the Apple Watch cluing you in if you're having problems with your, your, your CV system, right? Uh, because it's monitoring, you know, your heart rate and it's looking for atrial defibrillation and this sort of thing, right? Um, and, you know, there have been testimonials by people who, you know, say that they averted a medical disaster by the, the warning they got from their Apple Watch. Uh, so who will break the ice and kind of take that step in hearing care I mean, I could imagine, I'll just use Apple as an example since they've already done it on the watch and now they're approaching hearing care through the AirPods Pro. You know, do they at some point say to you, you've exceeded my capability to correct your hearing? You might want to consult a professional. You know, then you really kind of bridge that gap between the hearable space and the hearing aid space. Uh, And I think that's an important one because that will do more to relieve the stigma than anything else. I mean, in the meantime, I think the messaging, because of the stigma presence and there is that gap that hasn't been bridged between hearables and and hearing aids. In other words, how do you get people to make the leap from using a new hearer device to going to a, a hearing aid when they really need it, right? Since that gap is not there, I think the message is as much about lifestyle as anything else, right? You don't need hearing correction because you're old. You need, or you want hearing correction for lifestyle improvement purposes, okay? When you go into a noisy restaurant and you struggle to hear, okay? I can take care of that for you, right? Um, When you're on Zoom meetings all day long, Or do you find yourself fatigued at the end of the day? You know, maybe it's because you're spending a lot of brain power just trying to hear what people are saying, right? Lifestyle, I think, is everything. And addressing people's lifestyle and helping them realize that by addressing their hearing loss, they're going to enjoy real tangible lifestyle benefits is another way to bridge that gap. I think all these things are coming, especially through the efforts of people, uh, you know, like Kat, who... or thinking more holistically about hearing care and we're not even talking about uh, hearing protection here. We're already talking about it after you've already gone down the mm-hmm. road, but you know, hearing protection is another place where that, where that expertise Absolutely. comes to the fore.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, going off of a few of these points here, um, you know, I, I definitely agree with what Kat said there. I think that, um, what what could be a, an issue is that you have uh, the self-serve market, if you will, um, that never really is introduced to the value of a professional. And I think that um, the professional kind of going off of your point, Andy, uh, in many ways. Uh, and again, I think a lot of this is um, applicable across the board, but I think specifically talking about this like more mild to moderate market, because as you progress into uh, higher levels of severity, it becomes a problem to the point of where you need to go seek somebody out. And that's, I think where really like this industry has traditionally been sitting at it's like moderate and above some people below, but primarily you're serving people with uh perceived three to five to $7,000 problem, whatever it might be. Um, but I do think that um, it comes down to this idea of like this lifestyle piece. It's a really, really well said, uh, you know, phrase or and whole concept that you've outlined, Andy, because I do think that that's where the professionals, if they want to get into this end of the market, I think it is going to be something more like that, where um, you are, you know, through a combination of these remote services, being able to just quickly, you know, if, if, if I'm available, if it's like a, you know, an app more or less like it and I'm online and you can just quickly zoom into me, um, maybe my day um, or the way that my practice is, is uh, designed is I have somebody that's like manning that just as you would, um, you know, a customer service rep at the, you know, the front office. You think about like, you know, the way that the world's evolving, it's just becoming more virtual. So you have this person that is a dedicated person to answer these uh video chats where they have an issue. So you pull up their information, you can see, okay, so here's what's going on. Let's get you in. We're gonna have you, um, you know, we're gonna have you do a quick consultation with Kat. cat's uh, available uh tomorrow at three, or maybe Kat's available right now. And then like Kat's gonna coach you through like, here's what's going on, and here's how we're going to work through that particular situation, the noisy restaurant the the office setting that you can't really hear quite well at Um, but again it's like it's it's that combined with i think this idea of being able to see a lot of the data that's coming through and and having just different you know like uh arrows in your quiver of like more things that you can do to be providing value from a consultative and expertise standpoint and that's what's exciting to me is I think that that world is, is really, I think, starting to open up into whether it be around, you know, helping people to just be aware that these kinds of capabilities exist and then coaching them through, you know, different um, the, the different types of utility that you can, I think, derive from some of this different information in creative ways that ultimately um, it equates to. Uh, perception from the patient that this person's valuable to me because they're guiding me through all of this kind of thing.
1: Yes yeah, so, uh, so well said and um, it's sort of a flow-on effect from what you the discussion you had with Kim and Carl I thought there were numerous great points um, from, from that discussion that podcast you had uh, with both those um, industry experts um, and at, at the heart of it really holistic um client centered care um beyond the clinical setting i think i really like that the lifestyle factor really being played into there um and that's a really cool way to think of it
0: so i think that you know one of the things about this space too that's really intriguing to me is that you have these new product offerings and uh you know with airpods in particular the question isn't anymore, will there be like a proliferation of these types of devices? Like, I feel like that we've already answered the question. It's it's very obvious that we're trending toward a future where, um, and I love what you said earlier too, Kat, I agree with you uh, about this idea that you probably will have multiple form factors. Um, I go back to the conversation I had with Pretty McGill of uh, periphery, you know, this idea that, you know, it could totally evolve to where you have literally uh, earrings that you wear, um, that are fashionable. That might be like, they have three use cases, right? Like I can communicate with my voice assistant, um, to, to do a couple different things in my phone. I can uh, hear messages coming in, whatever that might be. But again, it kind of speaks to this point where I think it's totally within the realm of possibility, especially as these products, um, you know, like the even headphones are really cheap. Um, um, And so you can just imagine that people have a pair of over-the-ear headphones, they have a pair of in-the-ear headphones, they have maybe all kinds of different things that they're wearing. But point being is that it certainly feels like we're heading, uh, you know, full steam into a future where we're all outfitted with our own types of intelligent audio devices that we're wearing in and around our ears. And what's really exciting um, when we like decided to do this podcast, uh, initially we were going to just kind of talk about like hearables and the hardware. Um, But what's exciting is that, you know, in the span of a few days, there's been a a number of different things that have happened, Um, you know, whether it be new formats of content, right? So you now have uh, Spotify with anchor. They are now um, enabling music podcasts more or less. And I think that kind of begs the question, like, what even is a podcast anymore? If you have, Uh, the ability to integrate music into a podcast. And again, why is this relevant to the conversation? Well, the question always, I think that we need to ask ourselves is in a future where we're all wearing things in our ears, what are we going to do? Like what, what are going to be the things that we do with that access point into the audio internet? Um, So you have that whole piece that I think is really interesting. Another really interesting thing is what came about yesterday that we all were, you know, chatting about before this conversation began, which is Uh, what Foursquare just introduced. So it's this idea where, you know, through geolocation, you will be able to, um, it's a platform that you'll be able to, as a business, any retail operation, you'll be able to create a, uh, basically like an audio, I'm calling them audio drops. So you have an audio drop, um, you know, in a, a mile radius, or if I'm in a a really heavily, you know, a high foot traffic area. It might be, you know, even in a a couple hundred feet from from where that uh, GPS location point is. But what's interesting about this is you can you can basically drop a a, a little piece of audio that can be accessed when you walk into proximity from there. And so that opens up so many different doors. Uh, Again, it's this idea that, okay, I'm walking around, I have my AirPods in, I have my IQ buds in, I got my hearing aids in, whatever. And I have this thing turned on. Again, it's like, you can start to see why people will want to wear these things for seven hours a day or more. Right. And I know that can seem a little bit dystopian at times, but you look at some of these form factors, AirPods Pro are they're really, really small Um, or like what Andy's wearing. You don't even know that he has those on. So it just um, my mind has been going a million different directions these past few days because it feels like we're we've been trending in this direction of like the, the hardware is getting a lot better and we've already talked through that. But what's really exciting to me is there's more and more things you can do now with this hardware, and it's only going to grow in time. And I think that that's something that professionals should be cognizant of. Um, people in the voice space that are, you know, building applications should be cognizant of. Like the hearing, like the ear, is one of I think the most important pieces of real estate and and important aspects to the internet uh, for this next phase. I in a way I think. Maybe AR glasses were a little bit of a head fake. Um, I do think they're coming in time, but I think that I think that the real entry into augmented reality is actually going to be done through our ears um, because I think that we've already sort of established the behavior of wearing things in and around our ears for extended periods of time. It's going to take time to condition people to being comfortable with wearing things around their eyes. It's just a big, big leap, Whereas the ear wasn't nearly as big of a leap. So in many ways, I think as much hype as we've heard with augmented reality, I think in a lot of different ways, I think that it's actually going to be ushered in through our ears. So I'll just kick it off that way and see where you want to go with it.
2: Yeah. I mean, what a, what a long way we've come, you know, you know, think about the conversations we were having a couple of years ago. And what I think it comes down to is the hardware is getting better But for the most part, until the present time, what people have been using it for is consuming audio consumption. And so then you would pop them in your ears when you wanted to consume, and you would take them out of your ears when you were done consuming. Uh, But um, what, what we have now is a case where there are different applications that will cause you to leave them in all the time. Okay, Foursquare is one of those. I mean, think back, right, to uh, uh, to the Voice Summit when we talked about this. You know, what are what are the applications? What are the voice experiences that will cause people to leave them in and want to buy them and wear them out and about? Well, Foursquare is a great example of one of those, right? If I'm in a different city somewhere. Of course, I have an advantage because they're in all the time anyway. But, you know, if if I'm a, a person with AirPods Pro and I'm in a different city from the one I live in, I very much will want to leave them in my ears and take advantage of, of the Foursquare feature while I'm out and about in that city. Uh, in a, in a you know, that's potentially a direction for hearing correction as well. So you take what Apple has done. Now I have a reason to leave the AirPods Pro in when I'm in a pub or a restaurant, whereas normally I would have popped them out. Well, now I'm gonna leave them in. Well, if I'm gonna leave them in, I'm going to use them. And if I'm going to use them, then there becomes monetizable value in having lots of people wearing those devices. And if I circle back to the audiological component of all this, uh, it's another area where the audio audiologist office can add value because not only am I seeking a device to improve my hearing but I need guidance on how to make them work for the rest of my lifestyle okay so go back to the uh, audiological genius bar right that conversation from February yeah
0: with Mark Chung.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll never forget that conversation because I did that video in in Portland while it was raining and that was the last day I had traveled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was I flew home the next day and then we started going on lockdown and that was it. And so I remember that conversation, you know, for that reason. But you think about it whether I've taken an over-the-counter device, whether I've, uh, you know, taken a regulated hearing aid There's a whole lifestyle extension component that goes to it, right? In the audiological genius bar, you find out what people do and then you fit them with a device that's appropriate for your hearing correction, but also for the other parts that are lifestyle, okay? And so you'll help a person. uh, How do I stream podcasts through it? How do I use my voice assistant with it? You know, how do I take advantage of the device in different ways outside of hearing and make it a lifestyle enhancer? both for the hearing part and mm. for the other things that the device can do today. That's a place where the expertise of the audiological shop can really make a, a difference.
1: Absolutely, and, and that's why I keep thinking we've got to reimagine how we deliver our services. Um, and also, I suppose what we teach at university as well to a certain extent, or what, what, what else we add into the courses that, that are currently being taught. Um, oh, but that that whole space that you've just spoken about, Dave, opens a, a whole new can of worms for us to delve into, um, especially with what you've recommended uh, with your tweets t- to listen and, and follow through. Um, a lot of this stuff is always in the background of my head and until I, I listened to some of these other podcasts and read some of these articles you've recommended, uh, the way they speak about the audio experience and the, and, um, the podcast and audio content space it's its just huge and exactly like you said um the ears is this this hot property uh in terms of the organs that we want to utilize to enhance our experience on on a daily basis and the audio space is just exploding um uh, like you said foursquare is an example and then spotify and all the acquisitions they're making in their space um and yeah i suppose the bigger picture is is what what does the hearables lead to and that, that's hardware it's just going to get better and so what else can we do with the audio and the audio content in this space and, and then us as or me as a hearing healthcare professional how can we utilize these awesome tools that are coming out to yeah enhance the the client's um audio and listening experience at the end of the day And oh man i'm just look i'm really looking forward to the next time we have this discussion because i suppose we'll go down all the software the software yeah. side of things and perhaps business models and and
0: whatnot. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even really, I I, I realized now I, one of the things I was really excited to talk about was whisper. We talked about it a little bit, but um, we'll save that and the business models for the next time. And and definitely want to like mm. lead into more of this conversation because I do think um, you know, what's so interesting is you think about what, what made the mobile era, uh, really explode in in terms of like the way that it created this just giant ecosystem of new use cases and apps. And really, when you think about it, it was the camera. The camera in many ways was the driving force behind a lot of what uh, the the whole um, mobile ecosystem sort of led into, right? Whether it be with instagram and snapchat and now TikTok, um you can just kind of see how it led to all of these different things having a a high quality camera embedded into your device in many ways the parallel here i think is the gps location um of the of the hearable because this is a really good application of it where you now have this ability to tie content um, or tie these experiences that can be filled or can be filtered through, whether it be through a voice assistant or just, you know, filtered directly into your your device. Um, Andy, we've talked about it before, but it's this idea of, you know, you can imagine not only this whole application of the restaurants and the uh, different, you know, all the different places that you walk by, the shops and everything, they're saying, you know, here's our specials of the day, here's, you could have promotions, you know, tied to this, you know, you just turn Marsbot on, that's what this platform's called. Um, And you can then, you can access these different audio drops. But another example would be, uh, you know, in-store navigation. So we've talked about like Home Depot, you know, where are the nails? Again, these things seem just so feasible now that we're starting to kind of see some momentum here where again, if if these companies and these uh, developers and designers, if they're operating off of the assumption that we're wearing these devices in our ears and that you have um, the ability to feed a piece of audio to that person at any given moment based on their proximity, um, it just opens the door in a way that I think we haven't even really seen since like the phone having a high-end camera embedded inside of it did. So it really does, in my opinion, feel like we are at this really exciting onset of new applications. And to your point, Andy, I love this idea of a lifestyle enhancer, right? Like I've talked about before how if I were a provider, um, I would have a list of the uh, of ten different podcasts in different categories. I would talk to them and I would say, "Do you listen to podcasts?" And if they say no, I would I would introduce them to the concept and I would say, "What kinds of things do you like? Do you like sports? Do you like gardening? Do you like uh, you know boating? You know whatever that might be." And I would I would do a little bit of research on my own to find them and I would steer them to that because again it's small things like that, that in aggregate, it it changes the whole experience. It goes from one that is primarily around, I'm going to help you hear better to I'm going to just, I'm going to enhance the quality of life that you have, whether that be, of course, you're going to be an expert in the primary use case of uh, providing um, a better experience, you know, with The way that you hear the world Um, but i think that there's so many new things that you can layer on top of that that they just increase your value proposition and ultimately i think what that's going to do is it's going to drive referrals because people are going to be talking about this stuff they're going to be like oh my god i have these new hearing aids not only are they a great thing or these new this new hearable whatever device it is but not only is it allowing for me to like hear you all again and be uh, engaged in this conversation in a way i haven't been in years but I'm able to stream a podcast quite invisibly, you know, throughout the day, I can, I can access this Mars bot platform that my provider introduced me to where I can like access, you know, all of these different audio snippets. Um, I just, there's so many things like this, where we're at the very, very early stages of it. So, you know, I don't think you can be dismissive of this because we're only going to see more and more of it. And the reason we're going to see more and more of it is because it's predicated off of this assumption that more and more people have things in their ears. So designers and developers and, you know, app creators have more incentive than ever to build things for your ears. And so the hearing healthcare market is sort of like this indirect beneficiary of, all of this new innovation and this incentive to build things for our ears.
2: Yeah, of course. cat uh, can speak from uh, you know expert point of view in the, in the hearing space, but I have to say I agree 100%, exactly 100% with everything you said, everything.
1: Absolutely. Um, You said it so well. Again, that's just another tool we can use that's in the digital space to help um, our clients, essentially auditory train, auditory training by recommending these podcasts that, that they will have their, their interests in. I, I really like that. Um, Just the lifestyle experience. I, that's a really great term that I'm going to totally try to weave into my practice somehow, because I think when we start to pivot down, um, enhancing everybody's lifestyles uh they're going to uh change their behavior over time even if it's just small changes oh i might just spend the next 20 minutes listening to this podcast with my head uh, with my hearing aids or hearables or whatever hearing technology they have and then over time it'll just get bigger the hope is that it will get bigger and bigger with encouraging or the counseling from the healthcare professional on the side um yeah that that's Oh, just so many things, again, you said, Dave, that I think we could, I mean, we've been speaking for over an hour now that we could rattle on about in in the hearing space, but I, I really look forward to the next time we talk and yep. to look at the software and
0: the business models. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, like I said, this is going to be a reoccurring thing. We'll probably do these um, every few months, just a, a quick get together, um, have a conversation that we would probably have, uh, you know, privately, um, but we'll just make it public. So um, lots of really interesting things to think about. I'm, I just grow more and more excited about this space every single day, um, both as from a consumer's perspective Uh, from a patient's perspective and from a provider's perspective, I think the more momentum, the more movement that is occurring within this space, the better. And I think it just lends itself to more ways that we can think about how do we leverage these things in some capacity to where it makes sense for the business models, for the practices, whatever it might be. Fact of the matter is, there's a lot of change happening right now. Um, we want to keep you abreast with uh, as much of this that's happening in any way that we can, because there is, I mean, we can't even stay on top of it all. There's just so much happening. So lots to think about, lots to, uh, I I already am like thinking through some of the different points that you two made. It was just brilliant, brilliant conversation. So thank you two very much for joining me this week. Uh, And we will definitely chat again in a few months, but thanks for everybody who tuned in here to the end and we will chat with you next time. Cheers.